hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Imagine Movie Podcast, a podcast uh, where we chip away at the MCU coalface for, what, the fucking 20th year running? <laughs> feels like it. Feels like it's been 20 years. This is the 29th movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome to, welcome to Marvel Enthusiasm Cast. Uh, no, it's not like that. So Dave, listen, if you don't shut up. You won't be invited to the orgy. <laughs> Thank God. Fat Russell Crow orgy. No thanks. Um, so this week, four reasons. Against against my strenuous objections, uh, we watched the 29th Marvel movie. So turn this off. Uh, if you haven't watched all 28 previous movies, because obviously you won't be able to follow the incredibly complex and thoughtful plot. Um... Thor, Love and Thunder. Now, before we do anything else, I have, once again, I've been on the phone with uh, with the mouse and I have the list of alternate titles. Oh, good. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm excited that you're setting the bar to do this every episode from from, from now forward. And that's very important that you've committed to that. So please take it away. It's it's not as good as last week. Um, so obviously this is Thor, Love and Thunder, which is, is always like an and in a thing. Um, so we've got um, Thor, Orgies and Exes, um, <laughs> was, a, was a strong running title. I, I, uh, I suspect quite a lot of the orgy stuff got cut in the edit, I think. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Again, it's it's kind of particularly mouse friendly, but okay, go on. Go on. That's yep. fine. Uh, we've got uh, Thor, Buys, Tries and Lats, the motion picture. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Vivid. Absolutely, because you betcha, you betcha for all you thirsty people out there that Chris Hemsworth is in the best shape of his life and we get we get a good 360 degree visual of that and people fainting at his dick, my God. That apparently it, is mouse friendly, but it felt really on the cusp. No one can it, have any sexuality apart from depraved fucking hedonism bot. Um, <laughs> Russell Crowe, hedonism bot Russell Like uh, space, space Greek gods. Um, yeah, shut up. That's basically right, so we've got what's... a series of other ones. We've got uh, Thor: colon, Child Soldiers. Um, <laughs> Thor: uh, Triton Well Worn. Uh, that was a that was a strong runner. I like uh, that. One. We've got uh, Thor: Gorgo's Bananas. Um, <laughs> we've got Thor: Four: Attack of the Clones. That was a bit of a, a, a mix-up there. There's a whole now they own Star Wars. You see, it's fine. They could do whatever they like. Um, my personal favourite, and I really think go. this captures it, and this should have been the title, is Thor Laughs and Cancer. Nothing <laughs> um, says comedy, action, spectacle, escapism, like the slow death of someone with cancer. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Let's jump, what? In, let's jump in straight away, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Cancer is the pressing of sin. Do you know... And do you know why I tend to like not any of the fucking recent ones? Why I like some of the Marvel films? It's because it's escapism. This isn't like my life. This isn't like the real world. I, you know what? You know what? I mean, I we 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 shit on the MCU constantly because you know we are like massive shit. contrarians, and uh, and and I think the, the the problem I have with them is that they're not exploring like real issues that's always a thing that comes back to me is like it feels like we're just we're on a theme park ride every single movie is just is just skimming the surface of actual 
depth and pathos and truth about the human experience right so i'm a fucking sad nerd and so here comes a movie that has oh oh it's it's actually trying to deal with some of this serious shit it's trying to deal with wow she's got cancer that's horrible that's like what's the impact of how is she going to deal with that and the problem is is this movie's like they're dropping the c-bomb in there uh, but they're not in, they're not interested in engaging with it. So so we have this funny like you know Thor being which which I laughed at parts of this. I think it's actually pretty funny for the most part. Contrasted with just mere seconds later, oh Christ Almighty! Natalie Portman has has got you know the the makeup on and she's she's lost weight and it just looks awful. And you're just like oh my God, this is so bleak. And then move on, move on because now we're talking about Thor's dick again. And like it's, it's everything's fine. Oh no, no, shut up! Quite, back in the cancer. We're back to the cancer now. G- it's quite dive in. Um, What's happening? The root of the problem. The root of the problem is that seemingly there's some like arch comic book nerd with a gun to someone's head for the MCU oh, because God. it's simultaneously uh, like absolutely one hundred percent. You know, like derivative of the comics like all of these fucking films none of it's original like obviously a lot of the the dialogue and the the, the individual plots are original but actually they've got to stick so closely to all of these like uh comic book plot lines so the uh the mighty thor uh the jane foster character that's that's natalie portman is from the comics i know just hear me out here because there is a complaint right and she has cancer in the comics which is depressing and is fucking edgy but like Spoiler, in the comics, I don't think she actually just fucking dies. I think it's just like an ongoing thing of like, well, that, oh, actually, I, this is this is hurting my health. I might die, but I need to save people. That's yeah. There's something there, but this movie isn't fucking concerned. And, and, right, in the comics, you have time and space to deal with these bigger issues. You know, there's there's lots of stuff that happens in comic books that is really well suited to that medium, just like there's some great stuff that happens in books where, you know, you try and translate that on the screen. Tom Bombadil is a great example of like, get that fucking shit out of my movie. Like, I... That's fine. It's a great bit in the book, actually. I think it's really fun, and it's really and it sets up like the adventure that they're going on really well and all that stuff. But in the film, get it out of my face. And I think this is a good example, as you say, of where the comic book nerds and Kevin Feige or whoever it is that's orchestrating and saying we need to pull in this massive plot line. And apparently, and I don't know because I'm not a combat nerd, but apparently loads of other shit as well that gets pulled into this movie. These discordant plot lines that we're just going to mash together. But I think it's fear. I think it's fear of the backlash they got. Do you remember the Last Jedi? Yes. Like, I think Disney is afraid of its own shadow when it comes to upsetting like the hardcore fans, because mm. I don't think they actually realise how the percentage of the actual movie-going public that constitutes. Yes. 99% of the people online complaining are the hardcore fans. However, that isn't 99% of the people going to see your movie. It's more like 2 to 3%, but every one of them is online bitching and moaning. And they're mm-hmm. afraid. They're afraid to upset them, so they've got to stick with it. So you get a good good, good director, Taika Waititi. is a good director. He's made lots of good films. He's funny. He's good at comedy. Not in this movie, but generally. Um Thor Ragnarok was really, really fun, like a breath of fresh air in this franchise. And then you're like, and then you saddle him with the fucking cancer movie. I know. 
laugh your way out of this one, Taika. Yeah, which which they do, which they try and do, because it is it is almost it's almost incidental to the plot, isn't it? And if you cut it out and you create a, a, a Thor and and Mighty Thor, Thor that's, that's inventive. Yeah, um, story where they, those two butt heads, and we have a great platform for like it's Thor's dysfunctional relationships because he's a he's a, 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 a all powerful god. And let's explore how being an all-powerful god does not make you a good boyfriend. Like, that would be fun. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? There's a movie there's, there. There's a movie there. And that's not even my best one. I've got a great one that I will uh, I'll, I'll tease for podcast listeners who can fast forward. So I think there's lots of, there's lots of stuff who... There's a lot of potential in this movie that we don't need to get ourselves dragged into all this comic book shite. Now, this comes to my uh, contention, which is that comic book nerds have now for me surpassed in loathsomeness doctor who nerds and 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 i think now we're like we're pushing we're pushing to the point where these these this fucking cabal these people on the internet who sit and say well actually and and that as you say disney's scared of that and they get pulled into the fucking bullshit these people are destroying what could be an independently fun movie. Like that's the thing that I I just re- I just find it so difficult to get into these films because I haven't watched the twenty eight other films before this. I don't even know where this sits. I was like, is this after Endgame? Because I haven't seen that. I have no idea. I don't care. And yet we're left like the whole time with all these references and it damages the individual movies which i think is where we could have fun with this does i actually think this movie isn't isn't too heinous in terms of you must have watched the previous movies um i think the plot is self-contained enough that if you'd seen the last thor movie you would basically know what's going on uh, yeah i think so but i think what, what but, but because but even you just are right ten... for the mcu in general i just i would say yeah yeah no the, you're right you're whole, right definitely this is this is okay it's not for um, dark world is it we're not going back to the dark days of like oh my god which is super serious like at least we're having fun and this is why to, to praise uh, the mcu and to praise and um, the director uh thor ragnarok a fantastic movie fun light like but also we're exploring interesting stuff, you know. Thor becoming having to deal with his is is kind of like oh he hasn't got powers and like it's really interesting when we get to have these uh, sidebar movies, you know, the ones that aren't part of the main thing. Ant Man's another good example of like that's a really fun movie that explores something that's self-contained enough, and then obviously goes off and joins the rest well, of the. The best Game, Marvel but... movies are the movies which are a genre movie starring a Marvel character. So yeah. Ant-Man is a heist movie. Yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok is a is a sci-fi adventure starring Thor. You mm-hmm. know, it's like by having that thing, you kind of you lean into the genre rather than leaning into the fact that it's a comic movie and then you start worrying about what, what you don't, I don't understand anything that's going on and, and none of this logically makes any sense and yeah. in this movie there are a lot of times I wonder what's going on yeah and this is where let, let's let's get into this movie now but just as a I think as a to top that off this is where I think we I would love to explore like multiverses which is a thing in comics and you have entire comic 
lines, you know, issue after issue where it doesn't, it's neither intended to affect the main thing. And I'd love to like to see more of that so we could just completely detach ourselves from from the rest of, of the canon. And you're right, this film isn't particularly beholden to it, but I think there's still a lot that we could do just to create individual fun engaging stories that are self-contained and that's what i i, I kind of want to see more of um but let's get into this if you've not seen thor love and thunder this movie uh thor enlists the help of valkyrie korg and ex-girlfriend jane foster to fight gore the god butcher who intends to make the gods extinct um i was shocked to see uh christian bale in this i was like is that christian bale is that Christian Bale? Because he doesn't look like Christian Bale, but then you like if you if you peer closer, you're like, oh yeah, you know what's that film where he lost loads of weight? Pianist. Oh, it is yeah. him. Look at that. It's definitely Christian Bale um, <laughs> screaming at people. I mean, that's fairly true. To he's life. good in this, um, isn't he? Do you not think I he's, he's good? fine like, on on the whole? I think the cast is all like sleepwalking, but <laughs> Bale is certainly doing the most. I think that just goes to Bale being like quite a dedicated maniac. Um, oh, good for I you. Think- so number one on your on your like uh plot description there right so gore the god butcher is going to kill all the gods and i'm like and yeah <laughs> gore the billionaire oh, no, butcher, the... and i'm like right so he's out there solving a problem what, <laughs> what are we doing oh, no, the because the gods we meet the gods we meet are fucking dicks yeah. They should be murdered. <laughs> it, it's always it's always a funny thing when you're watching a film, and you're like, you know, look at this great bad guy, and he's really imposing, and it's like wow, and you're like thinking, I kind of agree with him though. <laughs> like, like it, it, it's like it sometimes kind of undermines, I think, maybe the point of the movie, doesn't it? When you're thinking from the start, this guy's daughter just, I mean. Yeah, that's actually quite a sad thing, you know, dying in the desert. And he's like, it's like, Jesus, he used to bury his daughter in the desert. And then he goes and sees the God and the God. And this is this is where I think straight away I was, my 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 antenna for what this movie is was fucking swinging wildly because I'm like, so really stark opening. Interestingly, no opening credits, nothing, no like a Disney movie. It's literally press play, boom. You're in the desert with Christian Bale. Daughter's dead. He finds the oasis. I mean, the start of it is so stark and horrible. And then we're like, bam. There's a god. And he's, he's just a fucking laugh, laugh a minute. And these little creatures, these little fairies. woo! And he, then he's just mocking this guy. And just think straight away, like tonally, where are we at? What is what is the what is the tone here? Because we don't we don't get to. I I, I think this is the first sign of a problem, <laughs> you know. When you're like, oh, this poor Christian Bale guy, and then the the movie just shits on his face, and then <laughs> asks you to dislike him because he's the baddie, and you're like, again, let's kill all billionaires, a hundred percent. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Why aren't we doing it's kind this of right the, now? It's the thing in the movie of like. Everyone's just reacting to things that each other are doing. So you can go to sleep for a second, Sam. But the Bifrost um, is a is a plot contrivance in this movie that I'm kind of bored of. 
we had this in the first movie and it's like the magical rainbow road that they used to teleport except that they thor uses the lightning bolt to do it occasionally and every other character seems to have their own version of this so it's like but he needs the bifrost to get to the place where he can make one wish and i'm like that's a lot of fucking you're asking me to like just uh-huh 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 <laughs> <laughs> like right right so Gore Go kidnaps all these children and i'm like uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> um, so that he can lure thor to this place to get the axe to use the bifrost and i'm like uh-huh but he I doesn't think... any of the children of course yeah yeah um, i don't think i could particularly explain the plot to you like if we but he's you know, so re- he's so conniving and genius genius sam that he's figured all this out he's kidnapped these children so he can lure thor to the the dark place to the gray place where he can he's got all of his weird like hentai tentacles and he's got all of that and he's so clever and then in his lair, which is on the fucking outskirts of this place, he's got loads of drawings of the Bifrost so that they can figure it out before they meet him so that we can have a cool fight scene. And I'm like, it's like me, Sam, luring you into somewhere to murder you, but there's a three-mile walk to get there and I've just painted scenes of me murdering you on every wall that you pass. It's Turn like, back. It, the subtlety <laughs> of it is just non-existent. It's like, that's just bad filmmaking. Like It's just poor i well, will say well, i will say visually i think all of this works but like logically it offends me deeply well this is the thing isn't it like i'll come, come to come back to the visual visuals a second but like i think like I, I sometimes i wonder if i am just completely stupid and i don't understand the things that are happening in front of me and that is absolutely the case in many many regards but <laughs> but when it comes to movies like i think sometimes i'm i'm sitting there watching it i'm going like what's happening you know what like why why is why is christian bale's character doing this and i understand that he got mocked by a god that he you know he he buried his daughter for basically and you know they were sat in the well, desert i for... understand it sam because the gods are a corrupt ruling class um who literally are just letting everyone else starve and die and they're not really interested i mean well, they have orgies in the sky. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, well, they have. Well, they have space orgies. Yeah, Elon Musk. Style. So actually, it was kind of like eat the fucking But this rich, film right? isn't going for that. Cool. This right? Th- this film is no. This film isn't aware of that, Sam, because, like, again, because it hasn't quite well, figured out the allegory thing. Like, it hasn't quite figured out that that you can't help but compare things in films to things in reality. So it's like, oh, but it's gore and it's god butcher and killing gods is wrong, and I'm like. <laughs> All the evidence you're showing me is that these fuckers need to go, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> the gods. Just like, like, just like the billionaires. Apart from, you know, there's a, there's a few funny bits, but like ultimately it's literally just this decadent fucking Greek, like Greco-Roman sort of court with all these guys being like, literally they're organizing an orgy. And I'm like, great. That's hilarious. Mm, right. But like, okay, I'm with you. Maybe with give you, me right. a reason why. Maybe give me a reason why we're thinking. Oh, Gore, you're such a bad guy. Maybe show him killing someone that we like. But that's exactly my point. Because at the start of the movie, yeah, he obviously he's in. You know what his god has has um, has pissed him off. Fine, but then he kind of takes it upon himself to destroy all the gods. And then this is goes back to our comic book nerd thing. Is that oh, obviously in the comics. 
He's a great, and if we had if we had a comic book nerd with us, they'd be like, guys, 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 guys. No, actually, it's a really great plot line because what happens is is that blah 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 blah, blah and that's fine. And we'd go, wow, that is interesting. But the problem is that the film's not showing anyway. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, no, it, but it might be a really good story, and actually, and I. And I'm sure we've got listeners who are screaming at their, uh, you know, I'm not sure we have listeners. No, maybe not. But but we might have someone going. Yeah, but genuinely, in the comics, it is a good allegory about the privileged elite who 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 have orgies in the sky, and that's an interesting thing. And they are talk, but it's like, okay, I I'm with you. That's a I, I it's a good interpretation, but the film is not showing us that. The film does not show us from the beginning, and I don't think it truly gives us any um, real motivation for Christian Bale's character, other than his daughter's dead. Which, by the way, fast forward to the end of the movie, it just shits the bed and is like, ah, oh, yeah, he's just fine, actually. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, we're undoing like, that because it's Marvel. Because it's it's, we need like to have a, a save the cat moment, you know. The like, film oh. also suffers because it's an MCU film, and it's like anything else like this where... Thor's got to go and save the children. Fine. And oh, um, Jane Foster's oh, killed go his with kids, him. Man. Okay, fine. And Valkyrie, because we liked her from Ragnarok. Great. Tessa Thompson's getting a paycheck. Fantastic. I'm all for that. Um, but it kind of begs the question of like, so the Natalie Portman's like sacrifice at the end of the movie, she comes to help Thor and then she dies. And I'm like, don't you have like a whole team, like a well established team of dozens and dozens of characters? from the previous movies that you could have called from Norway and been like, can you come and help me defeat the God Butcher? It never really establishes why it's just Thor and the woman with cancer who will die if she doesn't stay in the hospital saving the day. You couldn't get the Falcon. Is he too busy trying to get fucking bank loans? You couldn't get the Winter Soldier. What's he doing? Fucking running a nightclub or something. Ant-Man? Fucking whoever's in the Iron Man suit nowadays, nobody was available. Nobody, nobody was fucking available. <laughs> that's exactly, so true. Yeah, because you and know, that's fine, so- and that's fine. I can suspend that disbelief, but it just robs the sacrifice at the end of any true meaning because yeah. it's not self-contained. Because we're fucking around, going to whatever the fucking orgy city is called in space, the space orgy city. We go to there for literally no reason other than. The Russell Crowe's a fat piece of shit joke, which is fine. Uh, we go to there, we see Chris Hemsworth ro- worth rocking bod, and then we're back in Norway again. It's like we've already been here, we've already been to Norway. Why are we coming back to go away again? This is not how a road movie works. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just, you, and I think when you combine all of this, you bring it all together, right? And especially the start of the movie where it's it's going for the same tone as Ragnarok. So you've got all this, you've got all this kind of like questions about the plot. And largely, Ragnarok is kind of like, well, whatever. Here we go, spectacle. And you're fine with that. You're fine with it because I think it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't invite all of these questions in the same way that this, uh, that this movie does. I think Ragnarok because and even, go, it takes even Guardians. It imaginary, self-contained space in these it's in asgard or in fucking whatever the garbage planet is it's a self-contained story and that gives us enough to be able to be like oh to 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 shut off the part of our brain that's going what like exactly where is iron man where are the the end of the the last movie that we had with thor 
Why couldn't he yeah. show up? The end because obviously Mark Ruffalo is busy, and they, you know they, they didn't have they didn't, and it feels it feels like that we get a lot of that. You know, we, we, yeah, we've got Hemsworth, but Natalie Portman's kind of not in it that much. Sarsgaard stuff literally literally phones it in over the video phone. You know, like so. There's all of these bits where they're just like, I think what we're straining the limits of what's like the production could bring together and that and that's that's in you know that's fine but then just write your story so it matches that you know and that's what i think is 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 a bit of a problem um so uh, we mentioned we mentioned crow who is funny like it's kind of funny but it's funny because it's russell crow a fat russell crow doing an accent in a similar gladiator esque yeah. bodysuit, isn't it? Like and and this comes to my thing of like a lot of these movies are Oh oh look, it's that guy and that makes me feel safe because I recognise someone in the same way that they used it. They were they're clearly doing the exact same thing. They used it with um uh oh fucking Jurassic Park man. Uh life uh, finds a way. What's his name? Oh, come uh, on, brain. Uh, my brain isn't uh, working either. Okay, well, I'll, life well, finds... I know what you mean. It's a spectacle of let's get this A-list celebrity in. But in the scene, it doesn't really work because it's this room with thousands of people in it and two of them are talking, Russell Crowe and Chris Hemsworth, and that that's it. And it's like, well, and that's a 40-minute scene. And then we get the silly glitter fight and... They don't Jeff, Goldblum. Kill him. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, and also, I don't think... Because at least Jeff Goldblum in the last movie is like a he is an antagonist in the, within the movie. He's kidnapped Thor and he's trying to hold him hostage and he wants to keep Hulk there. Like there is an antagonistic yeah. relationship there, and he's the bad guy. And he's also a better actor than Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh, or maybe he's just given more as well. No, like, but but he's not in this. Russell Crowe's job is to stand on this dais, joke about orgies because that's fine. You can joke about orgies in a, in, a, in a Marvel movie, but God forbid there's any sexuality. But you can joke about orgies. Yeah. Uh, to do that and then to fucking like just stand there and be fat and be doing this accent. He has nothing to do in this movie. No relevance to the plot whatsoever. It was clearly a one or two day shoot, wasn't it? And this is the other thing as well. You can just you can see the limits of the production. This you can feels see like the limits this, this of take what's... feels like a one. <laughs> yeah. when, when it's just yeah. Russell Crowe, that feels like a right. We got it, Russell. Great. Mr. Crow does not do reshoots like that's the <laughs> not but the Jeff Gold- Marvel movies. Jeff Goldblum though, right? He in 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 Ragnarok, he's doing pretty much the exact same thing. He's playing him, you know. He's playing himself. He's playing that. I'm Jeff Goldblum. Like things, you know. He's he's doing the act, and it's entertaining. And you are really going. Isn't it funny to have Jeff Goldblum, the actor, in this Marvel movie? You know, in this Thor universe, it doesn't. I don't even know what his name is. It doesn't matter. It's Jeff Goldblum. He's, I think he's just like the, not the master, but it gives a fuck. Like that. So but it's there's, fine. There's... No, but I will. I would contend that at least the Jeff Gold, at least Jeff Goldblum is a, like an impactful character in that movie who affects the plot of what's happening. A hundred percent. And this is why I'm saying that a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the, the stunt casting, like it can work sometimes. It can be fun, and we can enjoy it for that. But you also need to, as you say, create a relevant, um, char- relevant stuff for the character to do. And this scene is a, a prime example of a two-hour movie where you could just whoosh, cut out, and maybe they go, 
to the gods and say, hey, you fuckers, the bad guy's coming for you and you need to do something about it. And they go, ah, piss off, you know, get lost, Thor, you're a loser. And then he says, ah, oh, fine, see you later. And that's a that's a two-minute scene, you know what I mean? Like, if you want it in there, I suppose. But it's a, I think it's a good example of all the way through this movie, there's places, there's, there's things that you could excise from the edit. And that, to me, is the biggest issue with this movie, is it's clearly, clearly just overstuffed, and it needs a good I wonder, edit. It needs I to be reduced down. Is, is is reshoots and how, yeah, you are right, the edit is, is important. But things like the, um, so I don't know whether you picked up on it, but Korg and the voiceover, that's all Taika Waititi, that's the director. <gasps> yeah, which is fine, but like, and he was funny as like a one or two scene character. It's kind of a bit indulgent to have you be in the whole movie. I hate, I call it the Tarantino effect. Get out of your own movie, mate. You're the director. You have a chair, go and sit in it and do your job. You can be a background actor. You can maybe even have one line, one it's line where you say, it's distracting. It is. Every it, time I, Quentin I, Tarantino I, pops up to tell me about feet, I'm like, "Listen, <laughs> you're a great filmmaker. I respect you. Don't want to look at you or hear from you, right? Make, make a movie. That's how we'll communicate." Um, and Watiti's a, a a good director and a good actor as well. I don't know if you saw what we do in Shadows. Um, yes, I have to know. Yeah, he's he's a great. That's his the, his big sort of like breakout thing, and he's great in that movie. And it's directed really well as well. And He's obviously really talented. He's made a lot of really, really funny, edgy movies. And in this, it's just like the voiceover. It feels like they were like, well, how can we fix this? All right, let's put a voiceover in. Let's have more Korg. Let's have uh, more cutaways to things Korg is doing. And then that will make it funnier and people. And it doesn't really fix it. No. no. Okay, right. Let's talk about some positives. Because there are, you know, I had fun in this movie for some bits. I think, I know, it's okay. It's okay, we can do this. Because I think we've moaned about this movie. And I think if you listen to this, listener, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, but I really like, I like these films. I totally agree with you. I totally, I loved Ragnarok. It was a real, like, oh, wow, maybe there are some good uh, post-Guardians movies for me. You keep saying, I wasn't going to mention it, you keep saying Ragnarok, and I don't know why. (laughs) Well, what is it? Ragnarok. Okay. There's an O in there. It's fine. It's well, fine. It's just your. It's just your I'm, folksy uh, rural charm. I'm obviously. gonna. I'm gonna reject that uh, reality and uh, substitute Mary. Just as um, long as we've addressed it. I don't want the nerds getting at us on Twitter <laughs> if we even still have a Twitter. Fucking tweet at me, please. Like, comment, subscribe with your anger. <laughs> um, sorry, in Ragnar- on YouTube, please, God. Rock, Ragnarok. I'm trying. They um, they have this great like '80s music vibe right and i think this is something that works really really well in this movie in the same way that it worked in ragnarok because rock because you you end up you you, at the start the start bit where thor comes in and he's kicking ass and he's wearing his thing and he destroys the palace and it's like it's really funny and i think there's a lot there's a lot of moments in this where I, i was i was laughing it's, it is good, and, and I think the action's, like, stupid. Um, I watched this movie in sort of two parts, so... Oop, bonk. Um, <clears throat> uh, I watched again. this movie in two parts, so I watched, like, the first um, sort of two-thirds of it. 
and then bitched and moaned with you while you watched it, and then I watched the ending again. I actually think the ending battle is like visually quite appealing. I think that the they really like it's something that they didn't figure out in the first one. Uh, certainly in Dark World, certainly like they've really kind of nailed the, the the thunder CGI. Like the blue helps, and they've they've really nailed how to like get across the. It's a god of thunder, and he uses thunder and. This is how it works. I, I think they've really done a good job there. The visual effects are really, really good. Um, that fight, because it's just, you know, children versus CGI and um, and Thor versus the pianist Christian Bale. It's not really we're staying fight, positive. But... Remember, we're anyway, staying positive for this segment. Like, because it's that, my brain isn't like, why is nobody getting hurt? Why is nobody being killed? Like, it's more of a sort of, an, it's more like a wrestling match almost, isn't it? And it's a bit less a bit less slicey limmy and a bit a bit more just sort of um a bit more of a it's a bit more cathartic in that way so it's a good mm. fight scene generally i like a lot of the other action in this movie i really fucking despise the fight scene um with russell crowe but again let's put that to the side for now um but yeah visually i think this is quite a cool movie um mm-hmm. so that's that's a plus and obviously that's disney they've got the money they don't really turn out bad looking movies really yeah, yeah, and I think I think generally like the fighting's entertaining enough. It doesn't go on too long, which I think is a bit of a problem with all the rest of the MCU. Sometimes it like... goes on for too long, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah, you're right, but like there's a lot of this. Other things like we've already mentioned Bale. I think he's actually when he's on set for the three and three and a half days that he was. Like I, I want I want more of that. He's genuinely scary, and the costume. Uh, a makeup and costume have done a fantastic job of like he he looks with his rotting teeth and his eyes he looks genuinely quite harrowing he should and... be like a like a puppet master villain he should be like a giving speeches and acting like because i just don't think bale's great at the action like you know you know what i mean i think he's fine but they, it's all they don't CGI nonsense, to do, do but they? like let's find a way to have Christian Bale, who is a great, great, impactful, like emotional actor, who will come and do like a very impassioned performance of whatever we want him to do. Let's write him some stuff, and like let's have him and Thor like argue, maybe some situation where they can't like they have to stop battering each other for five minutes, and have like a philosophical conversation where Gore basically, and we get a bit of that, but more, give me more mm. of that because mm. when Christian Bale is replaced by a stunt double. Like it's then like, well, what what are we doing? Why are we paid for Christian Bale to watch a stunt double fight with fucking Chris Hemsworth stunt double <laughs> because, in a CGI chamber? I'll tell you why. Because Christian Bale. It's holodeck. Ama- it's all fucking holodeck. Christian Bale is too emaciated to do his own stunts. Is <laughs> is the problem? Because Jesus, he's, quite he's just isn't he's a machine. Yeah. Yeah. I worry about his rapid health, weight gain and loss. Come on, Christian. Come on, Seaman. You can't do that, right? So other things I enjoyed. Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> it's we're personal friends. He likes that. So the other things that they, I that I enjoyed is um, give me more Damon's worth, give me more Matt Damon, Liam Hensworth, and the guy from, the guy from Jurassic Park. Like I want to see the entire the entire of the Thor universe reenacted by them on stage. Please, I find that so funny. Now earlier I said this fucking stunt casting with Crow is is atrocious. This was a this was atrocious stunt casting in the first one. It's even more shit eating now. But I don't care. I think this is a great, great joke. And if I was rich and famous, I would 
uh, I would insist on being in movies and not get paid. I said, I don't want to get paid. It's fine. I've got my money. I don't want to get paid. I just want to be in your movie. Sam, the union insists you get paid, so you'd have to I be know. paid something. I'd be paid something, but uh, oh, I'll take it. It's fine. I just want to be in your movie just for like 30 seconds. And I, and I want I want people, and I want specifically, I want people to go, was that Sam Jordan? That's weird. Like he's not even credited. Why is he? Why is he in this? And and then and then it just be. And I think that works really well with like with Matt Damon and 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 then he, they get his brother. They get his actual brother to play him. I think that is funny as shit. And then you know that's probably where the extent of the joke ends. Is 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 at that point. But I just think there's like there's a lot of there's a lot of that lightness which I think works really well. And I'm running out of positive things to say about i like natalie portman now. um and that's a complex statement because um well it's not on the face of it i really like her in generally most things because she's pretty good uh and i will say more is more, one of the more choosy actors in hollywood i would say yes. in her later career mm-hmm. um uh you know she doesn't appear in a lot of schlocky shit like she's like this is only the third one of these she's been in because she was like nah after that she she intelligently one. said absolutely not to yeah. the to post um, yeah now obviously they did the whole dump truck uh of money thing and she's only human <laughs> after all um so that's fine uh, i like her and i think she's pretty good in this movie and i, I kind of like the character i like the um what i did like in this movie was the because what always rang false in the earlier movies and, and it's always the problem isn't it because like you said earlier like the actual dynamic of like your boyfriend's a superhero like that probably makes him quite a shitty individual to like you know i bet the sex is great but apart from that like you know and and bone breaking (laughs) looks like chris hemsworth yeah uh but like otherwise and you know you're never gonna miss a miss a fucking plane or a train ever again are you um or maybe you miss all of them whatever uh but apart from that there's something to be explored in that isn't there of like so in this movie when she becomes mighty thor and it's suddenly like this um suddenly they're on equal footing again and, and Thor has to maybe come to terms with the fact that she's kind of usurped some of his identity um, and then she comes to terms with the fact that, oh, well, this is what it's like to be a superhero, this is what it's like to have the responsibility and there really is something to be explored then. It kind of movie kind of touches on it and we get a bit of it, not anything particularly deep or thought-provoking, but like mm-hmm. I like the idea of that and I think that Portman's doing like a reasonably good job. I'm not sure every actor could do the Marvel, like superhero turn and obviously a lot of them fucking have because we've made over 30 of these movies now but um yeah yeah i like natalie portman i like her in this and hemsworth as well generally actually i, I think is pretty good in these movies although yes he's asleep for vast portions of this film well as i think as are a lot of the actors and you can kind of feel the like the cg-ness of this must must help it mustn't help the um the ability of actors just to, like get in the zone you know it really does have an impact doesn't it i think and they're all very professional. It's it's very professional, I think, the performances in this. But that's probably where it ends. And that's I don't. What it's not Shakespeare, is it? So what? <laughs> what do you want? I think um, if I had to rank them, I would say Christian Bale's doing the most. Then it's probably Hemsworth because the movies it's his movies in most scenes. Then it's Portman, Tessa Thompson. A is like, I've <laughs> I've through the movie. You know that scene where she's like, oh yeah, I think I've lost a kidney. I'm like. Do you want to emote maybe any of these lines, Tessa Thompson? It's, it's Has the a... check already cleared? Is it sat in your account? Have they already told you you're not going to be in any more of these movies? 
It's such a weird thing. I mean, her character is not particularly inspiring either. And and in um, you know, like it's a typical just... thing where they they couldn't figure out what to do with her because she was good in Ragnarok. <laughs> I think she really was. <laughs> so like... they... Hold on. So they made her a tour guide. What? Literally, and then it's like, and then she's in the movie, but she hasn't really got anything to do. We don't get any characterization. You have Korg joking, and he's like, "Oh yeah," but then all your mates died, and that was sad. And she's like, "Yeah," and that's the Whoa. fucking character development, like literally verbatim the character development in this Whoa. movie. Um, uh, yeah, and then she's out of the movie for the final act, and she's like, "Don't die," and Thor's like, "All right, see you later." Yeah, yeah, it's bizarre. So my biggest. We've, we've touched on it, but my biggest thing I think is the editing in this. I think this is. I think somewhere there's a movie. There's a movie here about like if you were going to rewrite it, you'd say, okay, maybe like maybe we make it about Thor's mortality. You know, Thor is um, he's a god. He can do whatever he wants, and we get to revel in that in in Ragnarok, Ragnarok, and we get to revel in that in the first half of this movie where it's like he's just fucking kicking ass and it's the 80s and it's 80s music and Guns N' Roses and everything's fun and light and brilliant blah 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 and then we maybe get if you want to keep the cancer scene in there you can have that but you can also have it as like okay so Natalie Portman's got cancer which is really sad and Thor now has to kind of like deal with that but he also has to deal with the fact deal that with he can't being powerful and powerless at the same yeah, time yeah he can't control Again. it which is a there's something to be explored there. There really is, but the movie is really interesting. The movie's in not it. bothered now, and, and, and I not think once is... does anyone suggest magic or fucking space magic or space cures or anything. They can or call they, in Tony Stark, but he's dead. They can literally call in go, someone. Call in Bruce Banner. Get the Hulk yeah. on it. Fucking somebody. They can go back in time. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> we can go back. We can have the whole fucking multiverse thing from all of these movies. Doctor Strange puppets his own fucking dead corpse from a different timeline. From a different timeline yeah. in a dream sequence hey, hey, she in thought, a movie pass, that came out a year before iPhone. this and that's fine let me and just let me fine. just call let me just call go to go down to s strange call him give him a ring see what you can do you know, hey like, mate you're a magician can you like cure cancer or what yeah oh yeah mate of course we can of course we can we just keep it to ourselves because we're we're the elite we're, we're the, the elite billionaires elite. <laughs> exactly yeah you tell me these got these gods can cure cancer. Russell Crowe's got the cure for cancer right there. Yeah, he doesn't give a fuck. He's not. He's not. So right. So you can have. They've obviously cured this. STDs if they're having all these orgies. It's fine. They've cured everything, <laughs> baby. You could have all of this, right? And I, th- I actually think that this is maybe what they were going for. And so I think the failure of this movie. I think it's the editing. I think the editing is so slapshot there's four editors credited on this movie which is never a good sign i wonder which I think... one is responsible for the smash cut to a really non-funny joke after every single moment of seriousness in this movie. well well a prime cancer example. she's dying smash cut to the goats and you're like oh these fucking goats again can the we goats. not just a beat just a beat just a black screen just for four frames well, just so we can good... let the seriousness of dying of cancer sink in there's so there's so much there's so much of that there's so much of that i think the the it, it reminds me of um uh thelma shoemaker who is uh the editor for scorsese right obviously a fucking genius and is and is so critical to like the role of 
Scorsese movies being incredible is because she knows when to cut. She knows when to freeze frame. She, Goodfellas is a great example of just a perfectly edited movie. It's a, it could be a 14-hour bore, which is exactly what The Irishman was, which she also edited, oh, but God, obviously couldn't, couldn't restrain. I've got PTSD from The Irishman. Couldn't restrain Scorsese. But she said, right, there's a good quote. She says, um, films these days, they ask you to believe stuff, but they don't make you believe it and i think i think that's where the problem is in this movie is that we're already asking a huge amount of suspension of disbelief we're already asking the audience to be like it's we've got gods we've got thor we've got all of these crazy shit which most people are bought into and that's fine but then we're dropping in these like random discordant themes like someone having cancer and the kid, uh, kids watching their dads die, like at the, the end of the movie, which we get to see, which is just great fun. And we're not giving, I don't think, the audience the time, and like I mean, literally the frames on the screen to process this. And my my prime ex- two seconds, sorry, to another, go on. Just, yeah, just just to finish point. There's a, the, the the worst example of this is when um, Natalie Portman tells Thor that she's got cancer. And she literally says, I've got cancer. And then seconds later, she's like, oh, no, never mind. I didn't say that. I didn't say it. I'll take it back. I'll take it back. And it's like, if you actually maybe lingered, and I mean literally just stayed on the screen, and we get to see the emotions that Thor goes through because he's found that his girlfriend's seriously ill, and we get to see Hemsworth, who can clearly act, actually... Like, show us his emotion of what's happening. And I'm, yeah. I just mean slow the film down, you know, for three or four minutes. Then maybe this would be actually impactful. Yeah, you're right. But obviously the movie, for some some executive, it says, right, no, I want more of Chris Hemsworth talking to his axe or talking to his hammer because one of them's getting jealous of the other one. And I'm thinking... <sighs> We've already got four main characters in this movie, and now the fucking axe and the hammer are getting scenes, <laughs> the like emotional the scenes with Hemsworth. I'm like, <laughs> and that's the uh, that's a joke that they thought was really funny in um, one of the previous movies. Uh, I think uh, one of the uh, Endgame or something. That he has the hammer and the axe in that, and like um, Steve Rogers can lift the hammer, and he's jealous of that, and that's. And they obviously decided that's the funniest shit in the world because this whole movie is predicated on Thor being like, that's my hammer, but that's my hammer. It's like, oh my fucking lord, I can't. Yeah. But but no. but but all of but all of this all of this just goes it goes to the point that if we don't if we don't let our audience if we don't give the audience time and space to actually experience the emotions that the character is experiencing, then what we're going to be left with is like this kind of like facsimile of what's happening when you know i'm not really understanding i'm not really connecting with the seriousness of this and when eventually the natalie portman dies like you know like oh that's a shame that is the extent of my emotional attachment because we're not given any of the tools we're not given any of the time and space to process what is actually going to happen which is well what's the impact on this for Thor, like, what's he gonna feel? Even if we just discount Natalie Portman's character for a second, what's he? How is he gonna go on afterwards? We're given none of that because, boom, we're moving on now, and Thor's a dad god now. Oh, uh, but he's an uncle. She calls well, him uncle. Like, 
the, Shut up. The upshot of it is, Sam, is that Christian Bale trades his righteous crusade against billionaires. Sorry, I mean gods, space gods. Um, he trades that for his daughter being a space god. And it's kind of like, oh, well, if, if my daughter could be rich and therefore we could be, sorry, oh. not rich, but um, space gods. And it's just a weird message for the end of the movie is like... Yes, it's a child, fine. Like, obviously, compassion and things like that. But the whole upshot of the movie is we'll take care of your child. You're not a bad guy. After all, you've been killing and murdering throughout this whole movie. You kidnapped a bunch of kids like the child catcher from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But you're okay, really. I'm now going to raise your daughter. But don't worry, she's not going to go to school or anything. We're going to go and fucking murder aliens because that's all. I hated that's this. The absolute highest um, emotional level the fucking 13 year olds that made this movie can imagine is <laughs> everyone should aspire to going and murdering fucking aliens i tell I... you one one th- and one more thing <clears throat> i liked actually is that hemsworth and this kid have pretty good like chemistry which is there's a reason for that because that's his actual daughter um i know nepotism i summon the <laughs> are you are you joking Nope. Oh, God. You know, the end of this movie, it really pissed me off, to be honest. I went I went from the start of the film being like, cool, more Thor Ragnarok. Excellent, excellent. That's great. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. And then it's like, okay, we've got the cancer plot. And again, I'm thinking through, I'm trying to be analytical and trying to be critical in a, in a productive sense and saying, okay, well, maybe if we could just like reposition it, maybe it's about the edit that just didn't connect and they were trying to do too much humor. They didn't want their audience to feel things because, it's, you know, it's upsetting and so they wanted to keep moving. I'm trying to, I'm doing my best to try and give this movie a bit of, a bit of slack, right? And then the end of this movie, when they, when they give us the save the cat for Christian Bell's character, who has been at the start of the movie, was trying to be a good guy, you know, oh, it's a shame, he's sad. And then he's going around killing gods, which we don't really get to see that much of either. I'd like to assume more of the the impact of him going around killing these gods a, a, a little bit more in detail. And then what we're left with is at the end of the movie, he kind of just gives all that up for reasons. And the reason being that, okay, I'm going to bring my daughter back to life which is totally manipulative of Thor to say, say to him, by the way. Totally like, oh yeah, you could use your one wish on this fucking horrible plot wish device. Wish five more wishes, man. Yeah, but why would you... Can you not this? read the rule book? It is manipulative, but it's kind of like in a... It detracts from the fact that they have a conversation about it and and, and, and Portman's like, no, we'll look after your daughter. She'd she be alone. No, we'll look after her. That would could work if Bale basically sees Thor turn his back and say, right, kill all the gods, don't give a shit, my girlfriend's dying, and that actually is something that's more important to me in this second than you killing all the gods. And then turns away... But, you know, you wouldn't have to then have a conversation where you say all of that like they literally do in the movie. And he mm. goes off with Natalie Portman and we get a scene with them and then we pan back to Gore and we don't have anything say anything. He just makes his wish, his daughter appears and he dies. And then... And then you have another character say, oh, I think he must have decided at the end that that was what he wanted rather than 
you know, all this death and stuff. And maybe you say, oh, well, the sword was possessing him. But then you can have a self-contained scene with Thor and Natalie Portman with that for turn to the guy who's fucking basically Kirk murdered this woman, in essence, and go, oh, it's all right, bro. We forgive you. Let's waste our precious last few seconds. We forgive you, Christian Bale. It's yeah. bizarre. Um, it's bizarre, and it's and it's also yeah, and, and and you're left you're left basically with a, the the main bad guy with a save the cat moment that turns into I'm gonna l- bring my, my I'm gonna bring my daughter back to life and then subject her to watching me die, and you're now gonna move in with this random dude who. Again, the film says they have the voiceover from Korg saying he turned into dad god and then she calls him Uncle Thor. And I'm like, just straight away. I think straight, the dad god away. joke is, is literally just like a somebody thought that would be like a... I know, a I know. Term. I, I, I totally get it, right? I totally I, I get but you just think that I think that's that the type of attention to detail that's just lacking. Where you're like, well, either he's a dad god or he's a uncle god, and you know what I mean. Like, I know it's a small thing, but I just think it really represents a lot of the problem of like this little girl, fucking Hems' daughter, which is just horrific. Nepotism. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. In the face, like she, she's, she's just completely. She's not a character. She's just a vessel for Thor to go through an art because notice she has zero response to her dad dying. She just sits there emotionless because she's not obviously not a fucking actor because now I learn that she's Hemsworth's daughter. She doesn't have any response. She's just got that impassive face on, completely and utterly nonchalant watching her dad die. And I think like that is a prime thing of like, this movie isn't actually trying to tell a story about this. Uh, it's just, just trying to facilitate. Um, Portman I'm ready. and Wititi and Bale's children all appear in this film as well uh, as the kidnap- some of the kidnapped children. Great stuff. Excellent. Nepotism! I see the waveform on it. It's going to totally break the sound on the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> I apologise for your eardrums. <laughs> the imaginary movie podcast makes no. Uh, we're not be held liable for your uh, audio. It just really makes me laugh. I don't know what I'm. What, what, no, what we I'm, shouldn't make you laugh. I'm not doing it's bad audio production, to. and we we reject that on this podcast. God damn it! Uh, but yeah, it's just. I don't know why I'm surprised. It's the 29th Marvel movie. There's probably like. <laughs> Four or maybe five that are actually good in, in out what, of like, twenty nine. Like twelve years? Is it twelve well, it's years? Why, it's why Sam. It's been. I think Iron Man was two thousand and eight, so it's been fifteen years. Fifteen. But um, even even that, even that is a lot. It's one of the reasons why some of the TV shows are good because you do get the space, like WandaVision, which we liked. You do get the space to be a bit more experimental and to actually explore some of the emotional things that you don't have time to explore in a, in a film like especially those avenger films are just fucking like four hours of wall-to-wall carnage because you've got 1500 I... characters in it um yeah. but like seem we seem to be in a lull at the minute where there aren't any any of the marvel shows 
on the, the none have come out in a while and it's kind of like a maybe that's how i prefer to continue to explore these stories it's like let's get them for a few extra days he probably films 15 hours of like usable footage for this movie like just make it a limited series you can have all of this and maybe like give me a beat to fucking enjoy the scene or see someone act without these screaming goats or russell crowe talking about orgies. <laughs> the goats oh my god the fucking goats and did you watch the two post-credit scenes? Obviously, I not. absolutely didn't. I didn't even see the fucking directed by sl- uh, title card, Dave. I, <laughs> I was, I was so turned off by this movie at the end. And you know what? Like when 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 you all all the stuff you talk about is 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 so spot on because there's there's so many there's so many there's so many interesting stories we could be, we could be exploring here. You know, one vision was was unique because well, the first like four episodes anyway were unique because we were like oh we're gonna we're gonna use the marvel backdrop and a relatively small character to explore like tv like we're gonna channel reality and truth and 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 like the the experiences of the world into actually telling a unique new story and then the film, you know, the series turned into the usual punch fight, fucking power oh, scale and bollocks. It's just the Marvel thing, isn't it? Blah, 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 Let's blah, have blah, a blah. punch fight. Let's have a punch fight. Oh, don't like, get started on that. Like all all of these that. like ancient Asgardian gods with their swords, yet no one fucking bleeds a drop of blood in this entire movie. No one breaks a bone. Everyone just gets knocked around and gets up again like they're fucking ragdolls. And it's no just, one even know, gives anyone a lusty look in this movie, Sam, because that God. isn't okay. Russell Crowe can talk about orgies because he's portrayed as someone no one would want to have sex with, and that's fine. Disgusting fat people can have orgies. That's fine. Everyone else is a Ken doll. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Whereas actually watching Thor and She Thor just go go for it. Just absolutely just at, fucking, fucking absolutely fantastic. Subscribe. Fant- I would watch that. Make that for me, Marvel. I, ch- I dare you. I dare Unfortunately, you. Sam, uh, Disney just they don't, they don't seem interested. It's funny, isn't no. it, that the, that the company that brought us Pretty Woman, that charming hooker rom- rom-com, and all of these like... Um, What's their what's their what's their dodgy adult movie? Not adult T- movie, but like movie. <laughs> Touchstone uh, Pictures. Touchstone, yeah. Touchstone Pictures has released some really like sexual movies. Great, it's a and Disney, Disney movie. has decided they've decided now that like well that's not okay. There's no sexuality in anything, and it's like, um, I mean yeah. there is in life though in the world which we all live we're in, in. We're not interested in we're not interested in in, in, in the human experience. We're interested in thinly veiled fucking macho allegories for you know like nothing nothing's there or copy pasted um lgbtq uh representation with korg in this movie there's a big um some something of a backlash because they'd said when they were making this movie that it was going to be a bit more representative of queer characters than typically marvel movies are because they they want to make money in china that's the simple like that's the literal reason like and that's the hey. reason for a lot of the lack of sexuality and stuff in these movies is because they want to make money in China and if there's gay characters in it, it's not going to make money in China, um, and that's a bottom line thing. But they, so they have the you might you might have blinked and missed it. They I, have I, the yeah. the scene with mm-hmm. Korg where it's like well all Korg people they're all they're all blokes and they all love each other and that's great. But it's kind of like a just tacked on at the end. There's like a 
as a as a reshoot to be like appease people and it's like well no just make it representative oh there's a galaxy of gods but they're all straight don't worry about that no one's gay it's fine we're all straight (laughs) russell crowe's orgy it's all sorts it's all hetero love it's fine don't worry about it china calm down everyone Don't, Um, don't get it don't get worked up it's fine. It's just, coward- fine. it's just cowardly as well. Like today's day and age, like just make a movie that's representative of 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 the people who, you know, are going to see it, and then and then that'll be fine. And don't worry too much about like. You yeah, know, but they don't give a fuck. Look states. at Star Wars. Look at you know cutting out Quinn, uh, Quinn, Finn, Finn's character. Oh. No, no. Vampire. Well, that as well. No, yeah, but also like Finn. They just said, oh no, he's not in the movie anymore. Fuck him. Because, you know, obviously they want people of colour in a movie. Why would they want that? Why would they want that? Why would, <laughs> Something why would anyone want that? Something stay the same, Jesus America. Christ. Fuck. Well, no, a lot of it's China. A lot of it is China. And, yeah. and the big money that there's just not interested in Star Wars movies. But that's not going to let them stop Disney from, you know, debasing themselves and, and setting well, back. Well, the problem is it's also going to stop Disney continuing to acquire like every stage of production and distribution and then like Ugh. choking the fucking life and creativity out of everything and everything will just be a straight adaptation of a comic book or a book or another movie that disney owns forever and ever and ever and ever yeah. i can't wait for the 2020s the 2020 version of uh the lion king in uh the real life one or the fucking uh, aladdin or any of the just other heinous live this. action animated movies they've done just think about this we are going to get we are going to get probably in 15 years 20 years maybe we're going to get remakes of all these fucking mcu movies it's <sighs> gonna happen it's gonna happen because because the kids now my kids are growing up in this they know who every single superhero is and they are going to be they're going to be prime beef they <laughs> for these corporations they are making they are making another fantastic four movie oh they are rebooting the fantastic four the serial again. losers of 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 the within uh, superhero within the mcu movie they've made they've done this and it's not even as bad as spider-man but they've done there was the one with chris evans confusingly the chris evans Fantastic Four film, yeah. and then there were those Fantastic Four, the Winter with... Soldier, <laughs> the Winter Soldier, and uh, and there was that heinous one with um... the Autumn Soldier, the Autumn Soldier, the Fourth Soldier. Um, I can't even remember his name. He was in Whiplash, the guy out of Whiplash. He was Reed Richards in that other heinous reboot that wasn't good. And it's like, maybe, <clears> maybe <throat> let's just like maybe let's put some money into making stuff that hasn't already proven conclusively that it won't make money at the box office. What do I know? Especially nothing after... because they... this movie... I'll tell you what, you, you know. You know nothing, Jon Snow, because this movie made $760 million... $760 million off a $250 budget. This, cost, this movie cost $250 million quid, which is just like... Hey, you've got to pay all those child stars who are children of your other stars, Sam. Yeah, I know they they those they've all got sad I'm not going to do it again. I nearly did it again. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I, clearly we know nothing because this is just you know this is everyone loved this. And, As although only usual, a fucking public lineup to have this slop shoveled down their throats, and obviously we're watching it, so we're no better than any of the rest of you. Don't worry about it. I give Disney Plus their subscription every month, like the fucking schmuck I am. But yeah. 
it does kind of fill you with dread about the there's the creative bankruptcy of of the movies that are not even just being made now but the movies that are making money now yeah i think i think we just have, what we have to do is recede back into a a time where we take only a leaf watch... out of gore the gore the uh, billionaire butchers uh job um <laughs> sort of outlook yeah you know i think i think he's got the the right thing but what we can do is carry on is, is continue to reject watching these mcu movies um we haven't done many of them and i think we even said we shouldn't do any of them but i think <laughs> we yeah, talked let's... about putting them all behind a paywall on uh, patreon but it's yeah. quite heavily predicated on anyone ever wanting to give us money or indeed listen to the podcast exactly like comment subscribe yeah it's we're not there yet i don't think please to be able to harass be. us on youtube i'm begging you <laughs> anything to boost those views i think we need and harass us enough and we might actually watch some more mcu movies you never know i'll kill myself <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>